What's up, guys? This is the NBA playoffs with Dylan and Ethan on the full court press, and we got a great episode planned out for you because they come once a month, and when they come, oh, you know they're they're spectacular. Honestly, yeah. ESPN worthy. I honestly think we could replace ESPN, and we would be much more affordable. I think that we should like replace like Poulton Springs. I don't even know what you're talking about, but I agree. It's a water bottle company. Oh. Their water is yeah, top-notch, yeah. but I think we're better than them. Because who needs yeah. water when you have us? Yeah. We we make people cry enough with our, our tears of joy and comedic relief. Why do you need to go buy a bottle of water? What's comedic relief? I thought we were, like, you know, just chilling, having a good time. Oh, yes. But, um, yeah, and yeah, playoffs are a thing. And they are not the NHL because I know nothing about the NHL, but they exist. Yeah. I know Fun one fact. player in the NHL. Who's that? I know Mick Flurry. And that's not even his real name, but he's on the Vegas Golden Knights. And I know that because. That's not the first thing that would come to mind for me, but already. Because I'm a Vegas Golden Knights fan. Because when I was in Vegas watching my cousin perform, I got a Vegas Golden Knights hoodie. And they're my favorite team now. Was your cousin a stripper? No. America's got talent. Oh, close enough. No, she's like <laughs> 12. Oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. You should have put that out there before this. I did not know that. Well, I wasn't trying to flex because it's a weird flex, but okay. Okay. Anyways, let's talk about some NBA basketball. I thought we were talking about FIFA. No. Well, this has been a whole waste, hasn't it? I suppose it has. Okay, first series. We have got the Detroit Pistons versus – I'm not doing that one first. We're doing the Raptors versus Magic. There you go. <laughs> I thought I had the other one first. But no, Raptors – You're the one that put yeah, this together. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about list. it. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. Raptors versus Magic. And – this was a gentleman's sweep. Four to one wraps. And Dylan, I'm going to let you start us off on what happened. Well, the Raptors got sidelined by a mediocre Orlando Magic team. It went down one nothing, And then uh, the claw himself was like, you know what? This is stupid. I'm not losing to these bums. You think it was the claw? I believe it was him and Siakam. Uh, yeah, so I was going to say, I think the X Factor was Mr. Pascal Siakam. Fair enough. I think they both played an equal role. I mean, the only person here that was not in existence, Kyle Lowry, because he sucks. What I want to add, though, is somebody that should have been there, an all-star player, that just decided I'm not going to show up, and that's Nikola Vucevic. And the season... He averaged around 20 points a game, 10 rebounds. In the playoffs, those numbers dwindled to 11 points and 8 rebounds. When his team oh. needed his, him most, he just wasn't there. Even in their one win, he still wasn't there. That was capped off by DJ Augustine, who had 25 points, 2 rebounds, and 6 assists, which was probably the best game of his career. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty positive he was there. He's kind of hard to miss. He is tall. Vucevic was there, but he wasn't there. Huh? Uh, he's a magician. You're picking up with him? No, he's not a magician. I'm the magician. He's like a pretender. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Moral of the story, though. He wasn't he was there. Oh, he was worse than that. That's he. That, that's that's a disrespect to asses everywhere. Even the bad ones. I'd call him like, like a dry yeah, booger. Yeah. No, you know when you're driving and you like you look to the side and you see this house and it's like disgustingly colored and it's like really old paint, like twenty five, thirty year old paint. It's just chipping away and it looks like someone threw up on the side of that house. Are you he's trying like a, to throw shade at mine? Yes. He's like a step below that. Fair enough. Next time somebody asks me what my house looks like, I'll say it's a little bit lesser than Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> exactly. And they'll be like, yeah, I got you, fam. Yeah. <laughs> I, but um, so we're going to talk about some of the stars of this series. And I think the first one has to be Pascal Siakam. 23 points per game, eight rebounds, three assists. Now, you can't go only off of playoffs, but I'm not. Pascal Siakam, stepping should, up win. Big. Pascal Siakam should win most improved player. And I, I'm not sure if Kawhi leaves, but if Kawhi does leave, we've said it before, I've said it before, I'm full in on Pascal Siakam. The Raptors need to put all their chips in on this young man. I think he can be the future superstar of this franchise. I agree. I think if Kawhi leaves, um, Siakam's going to become the DeMar DeRozan of Toronto. I think if Kawhi leaves, I think if Kawhi stays, I think Pascal Siakam deserves a shot at first option. Eh. Well, you know what? I would be okay with that because he's more of your, like, I'm going to go and score type player, whereas Kawhi can score, but he's also your defensive anchor. See, right now, no matter what, what Pascal Siakam is doing, though, I think he's proving to Kawhi Leonard, why Kawhi Leonard should stay, because this could be the best defensive forward duo in the NBA after this. Yeah, no, they got a they got a good rotation there because they have Sergi Baca at the center position, who's also a very good defender. They do, and then they have Marcus Saul, who's not shabby. Yeah, he's they also lost have Marcus Saul. Definitely lost a step, but he's he's there. Yeah. So when they're running that rotation, they have their offensive-minded center who can grab rebounds, and then you have your all-around power forward, and you're all-around small forward. They have a very good forward group. They do. Their point guard, Kyle Lowry, needs something. I, I honestly think they try to do whatever they can to trade him this offseason. Yeah. Because... I was going to say, that's a different situation with him and DeRozan. Like, DeRozan was still producing. With both of them, you're not going to make it past the steps that they went because they had the best coach they're going to get. But the difference is now Kyle Lowry sucks. Yeah. So I understand there's a loyalty part there, but unless he was expiring and you could pay him, you know, six million, seven million dollars and he was okay with that, then I'd be trading him. Yeah. It's time to build around Siakam and uh Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi. And you're gonna want that cap to sign another person to make a big three instead of a big two and a half. And then let's talk about someone who was there, but I mean, Kawhi Leonard, he played great. He, he averaged 28 points, seven rebounds, three assists, but he, you, you want to see a new level in the playoffs and Kawhi didn't do that this series. He's definitely plenty of time. They won four one, but I think Kawhi, if they want to go far, I think he needs to put it on another level, just like Siakam did. I think he will. I mean, you saw that he was capable back in the burst out playoff series on the Spurs. Huh. I think he's just who'd realized. Who they beat in that series? 
Yeah, but he's still he's capable of stepping up. Did they beat somebody's favorite team? Maybe. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. I think they did. That's a tale or a tale for another day. No, I think that's a tale for what time is it? Nine twenty-three. Nine twenty-one. That's when the story should have been told. I'm gonna let you take it. What happened? Two thousand thirteen, I believe. The Miami Heat won. No. Yes. There's a certain air conditioning incident. Wasn't there? Was it that serious? Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> Good old LeBron's leg cramps. I love LeBron. I don't know why I'm trashing him right now. But, okay, next series. We have the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Brooklyn Nets, led by D'Angelo Russell. And it was another gentleman's sweep. The Sixers take it 4-1. to one. And what really was a very similar series, we saw the Nets steal game one. And then four straight. But this one, I think, was different. Because the reason they won is because this is the Sixers' first real rodeo in the playoffs, in my opinion, as superstars. And I think they underestimated the Brooklyn Nets, and that's what happened, that it's lost a game. I I would not be concerned about this, because I think now this team is locked in. I think they're a team to beat in the East – I don't know if they're the team to beat in the East, but they're definitely up there. They will be. Well, we're going to get to why I said they might be in a little bit, but let's focus on this series. So, D'Angelo Russell had a very good series. Not as good as I thought he had, but he still had a good one nonetheless with 19 points, four guns, four assists. And that was about equal to what he did in the regular season. So... He didn't really put it into the gear, and I think that's really what caused him not to steal another game. But I'm just talking to myself. I want you to cut in. I'm dragging mm-hmm. on right now. I I'm, was waiting I'm for on you the ground, to finish. on the ground pull- waiting for a hot tag. I was pulling um, up some stats for I us. am literally dying on the deck, and you're leaving me to dry. Yeah, I know. That was the point of it. See, this is why my lawyer is getting in contact with you. <laughs> Anyways, this is, this is the reason why I'm not letting you see the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I I believe you said that this was a similar series as the last one just because of the 4-1. The gentleman's sweep. Yeah, but uh, if you actually watch them both, this <clears throat> is actually a very good series despite the end scenario. You know, there was a blowout game or two by the Sixers. But, you know, it, I, I would just like to give props to the Nets because they made their new GMs made a few oh, very yeah. good moves. He's after their old GM destroying that franchise. Jared Allen and D'Angelo Russell will be a duo to watch, I think. Hey, don't leave out Karis LeVert. Well, I said duo. I didn't say big three, did I? No, but there's going to be that big three. And then you have well, a, great, think... a great, great, great role player in Spencer Dinwiddie. I think Rondé Hollis Jefferson should be thrown in there, too. But um, I don't think Karis... You can throw him in there, I don't but think Karis... top four. I don't think Karis LeVert's on the level as Russell and Jared Allen. I think he's close to the level of Jared Allen, if not equal, but not D'Lo. Well, I think but Jared Allen did... does things that don't show up on the stat sheet, which Karis LeVert doesn't necessarily do. I was going to say, I'll ask you this question then. In your fancy little note sheet you did here, 
deloading average 19 points per game in the playoffs? Yes. Okay, so then this just goes with my argument preferably. Or perfectly, sorry. Because guess what Karis LeVert was averaging points per game in the playoffs? If I remember correctly, it was like 21.6. Oh. 23. 23. So he stepped up even more scoring-wise. And this is – he's had a good season overall. I mean, his overall season stats were iffy because obviously he missed a decent amount of time because of that hyperextension in his knee. Well, what? You want a cookie or something, huh? You want to prove me wrong again, huh? No, nah, I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, I keep hand. <laughs> okay, I mean, he, Karis LeVert, it's not okay, even he did better than I thought he did. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's good. He's got, he's got a that. decent three-pointer. He does. You know, in the, the he does have a regular three-pointer. I'll give him that. Yeah, he shoots a free throw just like LeBron at 70.7%. His, his field goal could go up a little bit. Act I, like LeBron, feel like LeBron. Playoffs. Okay, so but, let's talk a little bit about now who I think was the MVP of this series, and that's Mr. Joel Embiid, who's looking like prime Shaquille O'Neal in this series. I'm going to say it. 25 points per game, 14 rebounds, four assists, three blocks. If you want to step up from the regular season, that's how you do it. You go out there and dominate in the playoffs, and that is exactly what Joel Embiid did. And – no cutting slack for the rest of the big four, being Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and Tobias Harris. They all played phenomenal, but they did not turn it into the gear that Joel Embiid did, at least for the stat sheet. But all three of them, I think, are gelling very well, and this is a team to watch, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I definitely think that they got some upside. I'm waiting for this team to come together just because they're two studs that they need to ball out are – both super young, and I think they just got to get, you know, the ropes still. Only issue, though, is JB and Mr. Tobias Harris will be free agents after this. I think they're both coming back. I see Tobias coming back 100%. The only way Tobias goes back is if they resign Boban. Well, I don't see why they wouldn't because Boban's been great for them. Yeah, he's a perfect role player. And he's not going to want that much money either. No, he, he's just going to be happy to be on a contending team and playing with his best friend. It's honestly great to see him and Joel because both of them are so dominant that it's like, since Joel's obviously getting heavy minutes, Boban yeah. is dominant in low minutes, which makes yeah. them really a perfect matchup for each other. Yeah, like I've always, he's very efficient. Yeah. I don't understand. I think it's just uh, no teams ever wanted to put the time into conditioning him. Because if you could get him to where he could play, you know, a solid 30 minutes a game, he could arguably be a top seven center in the league. I just don't see – the problem with that is his, he's so big. I don't think he physically can. He's only 7'3". Yeah, but his weight. Let's look. I don't know. He, he, he's a good player, though. I he's like 7'3", pushing 300 at least. Okay, yeah, he's a big boy. Is he, <laughs> how much does he weigh? Oh, I thought you. I thought that's what you were saying. Hold on, oh, I didn't pull look it up. up. But he's definitely pushing three hundred. He must have a decent look because that's the first thing that popped up was two ninety one. Boban was Boban Marjanovic. Okay, he, he, he's two ninety one. I'm looking at his wife right now. She's not bad. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna take your word on it. I don't need to look. Well, I clicked on it, so okay. <laughs> um, and then. Do you have anything else you want to just comment on this series in particular? Yes. Um, 
I'll give Joel Embiid the title of Shaq if he continues stats close to these in the next series. Okay. Well, that's actually a perfect transition because I wanted to talk about their matchup in the next series, which will be the Toronto Raptors. I'm very excited for this series. I don't know if you could tell. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I could tell because your voice didn't change at all. Perfect. So we have some of my favorite players in this series. We got J.J. Redick, Pascal Siakam, Ibaka, J.J. Redick, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Boban, Tobias Harris. I'm very excited to watch this. And And J.J. Redick for a third time. J.J. Redick has never missed the playoffs in his entire career. Who said that? Who said that? I think it was God. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's religion. God, cut that. Um, uh, um, No, no, no. But next series, next series, Raptors, Sixers, who do you got? I'm going to have to just give it right now. I'm going with the Raptors. Um, Ooh. Going if hot. I, I like the Sixers. I like the Sixers. But I don't I just don't know if they're gonna continue that hot streak into this next series. I could see them maybe going to game. And if they go into game two firing it on all cylinders, then I'm gonna flip my pick to them. Because I, I, th- I think oh, this honestly goes down to whoever wins game one. Ooh. I think that's gonna what be what swings the the, the tide for them because these I are two very equal teams. Disagree on that on the game. I think it goes to six, and the key game will be game five. It's gonna be two two, and whoever wins game five will be winning game six, and that team is going to be the Philadelphia seventy sixers. I think Joel Embiid is going to have a greater series than he just had in round one because I don't see a single player on the Toronto Raptors that will be able to guard him because you put – let's say this, okay? Siakam. You, yeah, that's what, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You put Siakam on him, okay? And then yeah. who's going to cover Tobias Harris? You put Kawhi on him. Then Jimmy Butler is right there wide open. They don't have enough players to stop them. And then Kyle Lowry is going to get oh, eaten up. I don't think he can be, stop Jimmy he's not Butler. Gonna, he's not going to lock down Jimmy Butler, but I mean, when you and hear OG and Ubi, and when you watch them in college, oh, I know, I know, I know. Indiana, I, I respect. He's a OG. defender. I respect OG. Trust me. But look, when you have all that, and Pascal Siakam cannot shut down Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid will be putting up close to the same numbers either way. I don't, I don't see any. Also, I don't see. I don't anybody think he'll do better. Joel Embiid. I don't. I can see him doing better. I can see him doing better. I Actually, no. Okay. I can see him doing better in points. I'm going to change that. I can see him better doing better in yeah. points. Because um, I, I think – What? The 76ers, the key matchup for this series is going to be Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons, and then J.J. Redick shot. I'm telling you right now, that is going to be the key part of this series. Whoever wins Ben Simmons versus Kyle Lowry, and then if J.J. Reddick's knocking down his shots. You know what? I'm going to extend that to Danny Green also. Whoever wins the guard matchup is going to win the series. Yeah. See, I think, I think the way you kind of slow down Joel Embiid, because you're not going to stop him, but who knows? He's kind of inconsistent in the regular season where you'll just get a game and you're like, what the hell happened to him? Um, yeah, but then the next game will drop 50 and – 17. I think, yeah, I think they're trying to get players there 
so Kawhi does return. But I think even if you piss him off a little bit, I think the key to winning this is not starting Mark Gasol. I think you have Siakam guard Joel Embiid, and you have Serge Ibaka as the off-ball defender at the four spot. Ooh. Because he's an effective off-ball defender because he's got a lot of reach for that block. See the, the and problem with that, though. Pascal Siakam's only like 6'7", isn't he? No, he's 6'10". Is he really? He's tall. I yeah. didn't think he was tall. Are you sure? No, he, he's a very fast, tall center. Are you sure about that? Or power forward, sorry. Like yeah, you're, let, you're me, 100. let me pull him up. I'm, I'm looking it up. Right I, I'm already up. Yeah, he's 6'9". Six, six, okay, 6'9". Six, okay. Okay. Yeah, he's not short. And, I mean, even if it's that height, you know, if you're that great. Because he's, he's 75 more times effective on the offensive end scoring-wise than Ben Wallace. They're both 6'9". They're both – I mean, he's not nearly the defender that Ben Wallace is, but he's a good defender, and they're both very quick. So he's got the traits to recreate his defensive end of the game to be what Ben Wallace had. He's got the speed, and he's pretty darn strong for being, quote-unquote, a undersized power forward. Yeah. So I think you, you toss the athletic guy on Joel Embiid, and you have Sergi Baca, who's a block god, or at least was, play off ball. It's like, it's like the LeBron effect, just to a lesser extent, because it's Sergi Baca. <laughs> okay. I'm, I think I'm going to cap us right there, because I think that was a really good thing we just went on. And I'm going to move down back to the present, and we're going to go to Bucks versus Pistons, where the Bucks swept the Pistons. And this wasn't a gentleman's sweep. No, sir. no, it was not. They were very. This was a pure ass. Very weapon. savage, very destructive, and the one thing, com- compendable. What's that word? Com. I don't know what you're trying to say. So, commendable, commendable. The one thing commendable of the Pistons, really, the one bright spot was Blake Griffin. Yeah, I agree. Blake Griffin, I, I've I always loved him. him. Ever since I started watching, he was that flat. I was went back when he was flashy, and now he's turned into a much more defined player. And it's yeah. heartbreaking see him him just constantly get injured because he tried. And even when he was injured, he came back. He wasn't even supposed to come back in this series. I don't know if you saw that. No, I did. He I came back so with that huge knee brace on his leg, got that huge block, and he he put it all out on the line in that game. There's nothing you can take away from him. 25 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists in that series. You cannot take anything away from him. He's deserved everything he's gotten in his entire career. Yeah, he he's earned my respect. When he was on the Clippers, I, I like CP3. I'm a CP3 fan. Um, in those days, I hated Blake Griffin. He was much more I expressive, was, more boogie-esque yeah. on that team. Yeah, I thought he was immature. Yeah. He was just there for himself. He didn't care about winning. And then I think when he got to Detroit, because I am from Michigan, obviously, but I'm not a Pistons fan. I mean, I don't hate them. I don't dislike them. They're kind of just a potato, and they're just there. <laughs> um, but I saw the trade, and I was like, that's a stupid trade. They don't have anybody except for Andre Drummond and an overpaid Reggie Jackson. Why would you make that deal? I still don't like the deal because this is going to be their season for the next five years until his contract's up. Because nobody's going to want to come to Detroit. They don't have – I don't think they have their pick in this draft. Um, 
and they don't have cap because Andre Drummond's on a giant contract, Blake Griffin's on a giant contract, and Reggie, Reggie Jackson's unsizable. making he's making like eighteen or twenty one million a year. Yeah, he's on he a sizable deal. So right there takes up your big three. Was Reggie, Reggie ever Jackson. good, or was he paid before you? Wasn't he, he good? Was, he was decent. Wasn't he getting like twenty I a game? Have never paid him for a season. No, he was averaging like seventeen. I thought he got Which twenty isn't, a game. Which isn't bad, but that was before. That was when their team was really bad, and it was literally just him and Andre. Didn't Jones. he get injured too? Yeah, he's foot injury, kind of injury prone. But he's not. He's not a great defender. You know, he's not big. He's just. He's. I think six foot. So he doesn't mm-hmm. have any defensive abilities really. He's not the scorer he was when they first paid him. And he's not that great at tossing dimes. I think he averages like four or five. No, he's not a pop. He's star. very, very, very mediocre. He's very he's overpaid. He's a very niche player. I think you need yeah. to put him in a very certain system focused around him for him. Where to he's the the fourth or fifth best player on the court. No, I'm for him to succeed, I don't think he can. I don't think he's a player that you can put on a winning team. No. But that's all besides the fact. But now I want to talk about the I other like, side. Well, let me finish it with Blake. Uh, fine, fine, I, I fine, thought, fine, fine, I fine, fine. I thought he was this immature, just asshole that didn't really care. He just wanted to look good, you know, be flashy and get paid. And I saw that he got that giant payday from the Clippers. And I was like, well, there goes the end of their chances of doing anything la, la, and the end of his career. But he – you know, embraced that, and I, I saw him as being the person that once he got paid, he was going to suck. But he actually took it, and he was playing better. They traded him to Detroit, and then he took on that leader role. Even though it's been Andre Drummond's team for years, he kind of succeeded that to Blake, and Blake's really stepped up as a leader. And like you said, those last two games, you can tell he's got heart in it, and he, he wants to do what he has to do to win, and I give him props. He's matured very well. Adding to Andre Drummond real quick, it was like a second. I think he needs to be traded. I think he's the, one of the most overhyped players in the league. I don't think he's that good. He's not. He's a good rebounder. That's about all the credit I give him. Yeah, and he's a slightly above average blocker. That's it. I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't say slightly above average. I don't think he's very good at defense. I think all he does is go for rebounds at this point. Being a good shot blocker versus a good defender is two different things. You can be a great blocker, but you could suck at on-ball defense and all that stuff. Okay, I'll, I'll level with you right there. I'll, we can say that. But I want to switch. I want to flip the coin, and I want to go to the Bucks, and I want to talk about Giannis. Talk about MVP. The MVP. Giannis Antetokounmpo. League MVP, playoffs MVP, whatever you want to say. I think he's the best player in the NBA this season. I'm a diehard LeBron fan and I'm giving it to him this is I mean I said it even before when I still thought LeBron was the best player this season it's it's going to become it's Giannis's league. Giannis's league this is Giannis's playpen yeah we saw from the days of when LeBron played a short time against Michael Jordan and the torch went on from him to LeBron when LeBron retires, it's going to be Giannis. The difference is is we're getting to see LeBron and Giannis for probably another five or six years. What's great, though, about Giannis, why I love him so much, you see guys coming in. Jordan was not as hyped up. Derrick Rose, very hyped up. LeBron comes in as the king. Giannis came in as nothing. Giannis was meant to be nothing. He was a shot in the dark for a role player. And the Bucks took their chance on him. And they put all the chips in on him, and now he is the best player in the NBA. 
Mm-hmm. He is the definition of the mob mentality combined with pure God-given talent. No, he, I, I agree. I think if he goes, stays on the path he's on this season, if he keeps working and working like he has been, I can see him going down as the best player of all time. He's just got to develop a jumper. Honestly, I don't he, even care if he can't shoot a three. He just needs to get that great mid-range that and, he had a year or two ago. And he's not doing as much in the playoffs because it counts now. But in, towards the end of the regular season, he was consistently taking the three. And that's he's not the first doing step. that much in the playoffs. Yeah, that's you what know I said. what the last game was, or the last stat sheet he put up was against the Pistons. What's that? Forty-one nine and three. But um, the, th- the you're thing just, about you're just gonna throw that off. I was gonna say that's well, I want that's a pretty good stat. Line. It's a very good stat line. But I just want to finish what I was saying real quick, and then we can hop back to that real quick. Okay. okay. So the thing about his jump shot is he's starting to take them, and that's the first step to becoming having one because now defenses have to respect it that he's going to take it because if you leave him open five times he's going to hit three of them i think yeah and when he has nine points then you're like okay that then he's heating up from there and then you have Mm -hmm. to be like okay now i have to guard him and then once you're on him that's when he drives right past you scores 15 straight on like six dunks two layups and an extra extra free throw and all while that, he's playing defensive player of the year level defense, grabbing every rebound, and being the best playmaker on the floor. Mm-hmm. He's a one-in-a-lifetime player. I don't think – you might not ever see another player like Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's, pl- yeah. there's going to be other players like LeBron. He was like Magic. You're going to see players like Jordan. He was like Kobe. Yeah. You're gonna see players. He Jordan was like Kobe. That uh, you said. I that said back whatever. Course. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. <clears throat> I don't know if you can ever see another player with the same skills as Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, I see. I see him and LeBron as very. Yeah, equal yeah. Players. LeBron is not seven feet tall. He's that's that's six. What, a lot of people he's think six, he's six. actually six nine. He's six eight. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, play wise, they're almost the same player. The difference is, is just LeBron's got LeBron's a, developed his jump shot. Yeah, he's got a jump shot, but they can both dunk like in whatever you want to call. Them. I don't know if LeBron. They're, they're both could ever equal dunk it. at the free throw line. I don't know if LeBron could ever dunk it as well as well as Giannis is, but that's just due to size. If LeBron was that size, I think he could. I was going to say, do we need to pull up some tapes? Because no, I'm saying, I mean, in his prime, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but as easily as Giannis, I don't think he could do it at the same rate, but if he was the same height, he could have, but it's like that, that's, he doesn't have that advantage. If you put LeBron from the third year of his career up until the End of the first season, he was back in Cleveland. Any of those years, I would take him dunking the ball just as much as I would take Giannis. Now, maybe not because he's become more of that, you know, pass-first finesse player because he's kind of stepped away from, you know, the crazy, well, I'm going to just overpower you role. Um, But if you just look from when you hear LeBron and when you hear Giannis, I think they're both very, very close in how they play. I mean, they're both that power forward slash small forward slash PG. 
Well, the thing is, Giannis can play every position. That's also yeah. Nice, so. so so can LeBron. LeBron can play small center. ball. Yes, he can. No, there's a can. lot of centers that he could easily guard. He's just smaller. Not this but LeBron. Maybe he yeah, LeBron could. those four seasons. But Giannis for the past like three seasons, and on to the rest of his prime, can play every position. I don't. Heat Heat LeBron was bigger than the rest of the LeBrons. We're seeing he was. I, I saw something that he weighed like 280 one of those seasons. Well, I'm sure he did. He was a tank, yes, and I mean, he still is. But well, he's not, he's not even close to what he was there. I think he's right around 240 now. Le- that was huge, LeBron. That was jacked. That was hero, LeBron. In those four seasons, yeah, I'll give it to you. He could probably play small ball center. Now, I don't think he could. Before then, I don't think he could. Fair enough. And I think Giannis will be able to do this until he's roughly exiting his prime. Oh, once... he will. Just look at how he's, he's progressing physical-wise. Exactly. Well. The man is a tank. Literal tank. But he's still on the skinny side, but, I mean, he's a jacked Kevin Durant. Exiting from LeBron versus Giannis, because we do have to – we have a lot more series to cover. I yeah, want to talk about do the Bucks have a chance – to be the team to beat, could they dethrone the Golden State Warriors? Well, I want to hear your take first. I'm just going to – I'll start off with answering your question with a simple yes or no, and I say yes, I think they can. Um, I want to see them go to the championship or the finals because I'm a gigantic Giannis fan because what is there not to like about exactly. him? The only way you don't like him is if you're a diehard Harden fan. If you are, you don't like I basketball. hate Harden, man. <laughs> um, I don't know why I hate Arden. I just don't like him. He's overhyped. I mean, the that score. The thing is, with the <laughs> argument, if you give Giannis, I, we talk, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, his per 36 minutes, he's averaging 30 points, like 14 rebounds, and like eight assists. And that's like, okay, then you, instead of nine points per game, when Harden's averaging like 38, 39 minutes a game, it's going to shrink to like a three point deficit. Four point yeah. deficit, and then it's I have like his exact stats right here. Can you get the per thirty six? Um, it's I like can find those. I know per thirty minutes for Giannis, it's twenty seven point seven, yeah, twelve point five, and five point nine. Yeah, I think his per thirty six is like thirty fourteen. It's something like, like that. Eight. I mean, he blows he blows uh, Harden out of the water. That's the issue with Harden. It's like you see him putting up all these numbers, but he's the only guy shooting on the team. It's like. Yeah, I don't. I Eric, think, Eric Gordon's not the Eric Gordon he was last year. Now he's just kind of there, and he went back Chris to the. Paul. I'm just going to shoot a three. Same with Chris Paul. Oh, I agree. But um, yeah. Let's okay. We got it. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo, if he wins the NBA Finals this year, and then he goes on the career arc, I think he will. I think this season will be the defining thing in his career. That's saying why. He, that's why he is better than LeBron and Jordan when it gets down to that time. If he wins the finals this year, I think that will be put enough for most people to say, yes, he's the best player of all time. Yeah. I mean, I, I said it earlier, and I'm sure people listening to this are going to get annoying with it, but when I think of him, I think of LeBron, vice versa. This team that they've built around Giannis reminds me of a lot of no. the Le- LeBron's Miami Heat. Because they fit in not even 
exactly how it is, but they built that team to fit and play the role perfectly that they needed to have around Giannis. Yeah. My favorite player with him is Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton and him are a great duo. It's it. You have your sharpshooter, and you have your guy that's going to be able to get him the ball, and he's if he doesn't want to get him the ball, he's going to score. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, the the way they position that team around Giannis is why I think they have the chance to beat the Warriors if they make it that far. Yeah. Because if you look at, like, the Celtics, like, yeah, you're you're looking at one-on-one positions. You're like, all right, well – Who's winning between Kyrie and Curry? Who's winning between Jalen Brown and Clay Thompson, you know, Tatum or Draymond Green? In this situation, you're like, all right, Giannis is the best player on the court, so they already have that. Now, are all the other role players going to step up and be what they need to be? Because if they do, then the Bucks are winning. Yeah. And so we've spent a lot of time on this series because I think this was – the Bucks are the most important team right now in the NBA, in my opinion. I agree. So instead of going off another thing on how great Giannis is, I think we have to move on down to the Boston Celtics versus the Pacers and what was, I think, the worst sweep in maybe NBA history. Because I don't I think... I wouldn't the, go that far, but it wasn't a very good one. I don't think the Celtics deserve to win one of those games. I honestly <laughs> don't. And, no, I'm, a Celtic, and I'm, a Celtic, I'm a Celtics fan. I don't think they deserve to win one of those games. I think the Indiana Pacers should be on to the next round playing the Bucks, And I think the one reason they didn't is Victor Oladipo because the Pacers... That's the only reason. The Pacers played. All their players played perfectly. The issue was they didn't have the guy. And that guy is Victor Oladipo, and he could not be there because of injury. And the Celtics get to scrape by four straight. And I think that's... Well, for argument's sake, he's the Pacers, Kyrie Irving. The thing is, though, the Pacers played perfectly fine. I think I don't think they could have played better with what they had. No, they're a very good fundamental basketball team. They all bought in this season, and I think the Pacers could have made – the Pacers had a chance to make the Eastern Conference Finals if Victor Oladipo stayed yeah, healthy. Yeah, if he was healthy. Because – I agree. It's just sad to see, but off of you know, Kyrie Irving had a pretty good season, or sorry, pretty good series, averaging twenty three points, eight rebounds, five, eight assists, five rebounds, which roughly equaled his regular season. And then Jason Tatum blew up in the playing a lot better than he was, but I think that's due to more of a Brad Stevens is looking at it, it's like, yeah, okay. I made a mistake not giving him this in the regular season. Come to the playoffs, show me what you can do. And now he's averaging 19 points, two assists, and six rebounds. The woes of the Boston Celtics don't fall on Kyrie like everybody else says it does. It falls on Brad Stevens buying into Gordon Hayward over Jason Tatum. Yeah. They shouldn't have messed with that lineup they had at all. They should have still had it to where – the only difference is, is you throw Gordon Hayward in at small forward and you still keep Tatum at power forward. But the difference is when you go for a different shot and you don't want Kyrie taking it, you go to Jason Tatum, yeah. then Gordon Hayward, not Gordon Hayward, and then no preference after that. Exactly. And, the and the one issue, terms, though. Oh, I'm sorry. 
in 2K terms, their first scoring option is Kyrie, their second is Gordon Hayward, and the rest, they don't care. Whoever's open shoots it. And that's the problem. They're, wa- they're wasting Jason Tatum's talent. I understand he's young, and obviously they paid Gordon Hayward and they want to use him, but if you want to win, you should be using your best player. And at this point in time, even if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, Jason Tatum is better than Gordon Hayward. I want to cut opinion. you off right there. That all the blame cannot be on Brad Stevens because Jason Tatum's shot selection this year was awful. I watched almost every Celtics game. It was awful. Okay. You're going to say, I'll Straight take your word for it. You watched Straight and simple. But I think now he's settling down. Brad Stevens believes in him more. And I think he's showing what he can be. Because uh, well, honestly, what I think it was, he trained with Kobe. He got, I think he got too big of a head for his shoulders. And I think he's yeah. mellowed back out in the playoffs. And I think he's I, now – he just needs to stay on this head. Because I think the reason he was – because he was playing so well in the last playoffs. He was averaging, yeah. what, like 25 points per game? I think it like was that. 26. Yeah. yeah, something crazy like that. And he's like, okay, I am the superstar. I'm here now. You're not there yet, kid. You got to wait a little bit longer. You got to develop no, a little he, bit he more. No, he was if he wouldn't have gotten all bullheaded. Because he would have just – stayed calm and been like, all right, let's just keep grinding, then you would have seen the same exact Jason Tatum this year. But like you said, I think he got this enlarged head, and then he went into the season realizing that it's Gordon Hayward and not him, and he let that you know consume him for a majority of the season, and now he's getting that chance to break out of it. Yeah. Ethan? Yeah. Okay. But is there anything else you'd like to say about the Pacers and Celtics game? I, I have one series to say about the Celtics. And that's if they don't start playing better than what they all – and this is on almost every facet. I think they're going to get swept by the Bucks. You know they, they could. I think it's going to be a, a 3-2 series. But um, We'll move on to now the West. This is the West, so. yep. And we're going to start with, in my opinion – my favorite and the most exciting series to have watched or to be watching so far. And that's OKC versus the Blazers. Um, The Blazers beat OKC 4-1. Gentlemen sweep, as Ethan was saying. (laughs) And all I can say is I am so happy. (laughs) I mean, our our listeners have heard it before. I hate Russell Westbrook. I don't understand how. There's no way of sugarcoating it. (laughs) If I just saw stats, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this dude's good, which is what 98.9% of everybody that watches basketball thinks. They're like, well, look at his stats. He's great. Well, why don't you watch how he actually runs a team and shoots in his shot selection? The guy's a terrible shooter. And he, when he, especially now, when you have a pure scorer like Paul George, if you need to score points, Russell Westbrook shouldn't have the ball. Paul George should. And also just the fact that I'd rather have Damian Lillard over Russell Westbrook. And it just goes to show that that's a true statement of he is better than Russell Westbrook because he actually stepped up with his team and they got the easy win over OKC. He said last night, well, screw you guys. I'm going to go drop 50 and I'm going to go and 4-1 you. I don't need Paul George. I don't need anybody else. I got my teammates. They bought in. I'm the leader. We're going to do this. Yeah. So, 
talking a little bit on the stats, we can talk about who was there and who wasn't. I'm going to start on the Blazers' side. Dame had 33 points for game, six assists, and four rebounds this series, which is crazy mm-hmm. good. And oh, especially going up against a so-called superstar. Way above his regular season statistics. Now, I'm going to talk about who we talked about when we were talking, if the Blazers have a chance to do anything, and that is the X-Factor, C.J. McCollum. This is his this is his breakout moment, I think. 24 points per game, five rebounds, four assists. If he keeps this up, I can see the Blazers potentially winning the next round. I agree. Because um, that's the thing. They hurt. They or they lost Nurkic. They did, who I love. But I like him too. But that's the thing. <clears throat> they still have a very good center in Ennis Cantor. I so love him even too. though that even though they lost Nurkic, they still have a very good center. And they only took a s- slight step down. I mean, you look at it, this, this Portland team, everybody's like, oh, well, they're not that great. I mean, obviously, Damian Lillard's not Giannis, but they've done a very good job of putting players around him that work well with his play style. Damian Lillard is one of the Damian, few players in the NBA I can see fitting into almost any team. Yeah, and he knows how to win. I mean, if you look at them, you're, he's taking, excluding C.J. McCollum, and when Nurkic was healthy, which he just exploded onto the scene last year, he's taking a subpar, mediocre team and taking them to, you know, one of the better seedings in the playoffs. And he's done it continuously. Could you imagine if they still had LaMarcus Aldridge or if they added Paul George, which I think I wanted to see Paul George go to Portland. I was very interested in seeing that. I, I would have loved to see that big three, technically big four with Nurkic. But that's besides the point. That that team, he, he Damian Lillard knows how to play some basketball, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, I'm, so I'm going to flip the coin again, and we're going to go to the Thunder. So I'm going to start with PG, who had 29 points per game, nine rebounds, four assists, which is roughly equal to his regular season. He didn't turn it into that next year, and it wasn't able to lift OKC above. But that might have been due to Russell Westbrook, who I'm going to go on right now. I'm agreeing with you. It is 23 points per game, 11 rebounds, nine assists. You look at that and you say, okay, I don't see what you did wrong. 36% shooting percentage is what killed him. Yeah, this guy's got a three-point percentage for his normal field goal percentage. He needs to figure something out. He's not shooting the ball so much. I don't even – he needs to figure something out. It's very sad to see because he loves the game so much. You can't take that away from him. He has all the heart in the world. He just can't figure it I out. I think he's too cocky. I'll give I you think, that. I think it's just karma biting him in his ass. But um, I think I, I'm perfectly fine with him taking 20 shots a game. But those 20 shots a game, 17 of them need to be right around the paint. The other three can be three-pointers or deep two-pointers. I don't care. But he shouldn't be jacking up these threes like he does not breaking them left and right. Because it's not like they're wide open ones. Yeah. He's trying to pull a Dame Lillard, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go step up and just knock this three down in your face. Oh, just kidding. I bricked it again. So, I I want to talk. We're running low on time, kind of. But I want to talk about what's next for OKC. Nothing. I think they might. It's, it's sad to say, but I think they might be stuck in purgatory unless they get a steal in the draft. It's the same situation they were in. Like, I don't like Kevin Durant because of the situation he went with. I I don't I I 100% would have supported him if he left and you know went to 
Orlando, New York, Miami, anywhere but the Golden State Warriors. Honestly, if he stayed, I think Thunder would have won the finals that year. I don't think they would have. Victor Oladipo was going to be traded no matter what. KD and Westbrook would have all been on the same team. Yeah, but it's the same thing of the Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and KD scenario. The Victor Oladipo we know would have never been the Victor Oladipo if he was still there with those two. Well, Victor Oladipo still would have been enough, I think. I don't know. I think he would have just been that 12 points per game guy. But that's besides the fact you're you're seeing a worse version of OKC's best team ever. And they're going to they're just going to stay in the middle. Everybody was like, I think they're going to be a four seed this year. I'm like, nope, they're probably going to be a seven. Well, they were a four seed, but then Paul George got hurt, and I think they would have finished as that if they had it. Yeah, because it's Paul George's team now. But um, Even though OKC's bought into him, it's it's PG-13. He's the one that should be running this I want to cut you off right there, and we're going to say – we I think we said what we need to say because we are running low on time. I think we need to move yeah. on to Nuggets Spurs. This series is actually not over. It's a 3-2 Nuggets lead. First of all, I want to say, who do you think is going to take the series? You know, I think it's going to, I think the Nuggets are going to end up pulling it out. But they're just – they're really young. And their team's not your stereotypical basketball team. Like, you see them, and they got a lot of people and oddballs and positions that usually aren't like that. That's a good like way they to have, describe it. I like that. They, they have a 6'6 small forward who's a shooting guard. I mean, and Will Barton. Will is it Will Barton? Yeah, I thought it was I Will Barton. Nice, it is. I just wanted to throw a nice little Ooh. fancy name in there. Oh, I see. Did you raise your pinky when you said that? I did both of them. Oh, that's what I like to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, but, but yeah. they have a very abnormal lineup, and I think I mean they are a good team. I'm not doubting them that. I don't think they're a two seed though. Um, I think they got not. Not necessarily lucky, but to an extent they did this year. I think um, they pulled I think the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I think they're more of a three or four seed. Um, that's going to turn into a four or five seed in the playoffs just because of their experience. Um, but I think the Nuggets are going to squeak by 4-3. I think uh, the Spurs take it tonight and tie the series. They're not playing tonight, they're playing tomorrow. Or, sorry, tomorrow. But um, I think it's opposite. I think the Spurs are going to win this series. And I think the X factor of that will be Mr. Coach Lamarcus Popovich. Aldridge. No. Coach Pop. Hmm. So, let's talk about you want to you, 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 I want you to talk about the Nuggets first, then I'm going to go to the Spurs. Oh, alright. Well, what do you want me to touch on? Because I could talk about a few things. So there's two things I got on the thing. If you, if you want, you can add whatever you want to it. It's Jokic and Murray. Okay. Well, the two key players on the Nuggets are both playing up to their standards. Um, Jokic was a little bit iffy in the first game. Everybody was like, well, where is he? And he was like, I'm right here. And he stepped up so far the rest of the series. He's averaging 20, 12, and 9, which is very respectable. It's actually even better than his respectable stats he put up the whole season. Mm -hmm. Um. Jamal Murray's averaging 19-4, and 2-2. He's got two steals per game, which is less than his regular season stats. But those are still very respectable numbers, especially being the shooting guard playing point guard that he's turned into. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I don't have the other stats of their role players. And like I said, I still think they're going to do they're gonna squeeze it out of this four three. But, you know, Jokic and Murray are gonna keep playing and being themselves. I think the key here is they're going to need Will Barton to step up because like I said, he's kind of an iffy player. You got a six six shooting guard playing your small forward position. And I think he's gonna be your factor of he needs to step up and at least average, you know, twelve or thirteen points a game. Who are you talking about, Barton? Yeah, and if he's ten not, right now, ten five yeah, and, and two. He, if he's a non-factor, then I don't see them winning because he's got to at least be on the offensive end. Because if he's not on the offensive end, he's not on the defensive end either because he's outmatched ninety-eight percent of the time. I'll give you that. But let's hear your side and take on the Spurs. Okay, I'm going to start right now with Demar Derozan who averaged 22 points per game, four assists, and five rebounds in the series so far, which is a little down, but is relatively equal to his regular season. DeMar DeRozan is playing fantastic basketball in the Spurs system. He really is a marvel to watch him play because he's basically Kobe light. Yeah, he's a lesser version of Kobe. A lot lesser version, but he's Kobe light nonetheless. <laughs> And then yeah. my favorite player on this team that's playing, because Dante Murray's hurt, LaMarcus Aldridge, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, which is equal to his regular season. But I think he's their X factor. I disagree. I think their best player this series <clears throat> is a man you might not even know the name of. And that man is Derek White. Well, one, I do know the name of him because he's written on this page I'm looking at. Well, and two, I also know him because he's got the funkiest hairdo ever. 18 points per game, four rebounds, three assists. What? Where did he come from? This is a classic Spurs basketball move. Who's Derek White? Where did he come from? Why is he balling out on my team? Because of Coach Pop. I, I meant that in general, like just like – in general, like you're playing him, I'm. I don't like the, the Nuggets, but um, th- this is why I said Coach Popovich is the X factor. You get players like this, who's like, who is he? Why is he playing so good? I think this is due to Coach Popovich. He has that effect on players, just like Brad Stevens does. And I think this is why the Spurs are going to win this series. They're going to lose in the next round. They don't. Yeah. A coach can't do that much when you're going to play a clearly superior team. But I think they're close enough to the Nuggets where Coach Popovich can pull it out with a Belichick. It's like yeah. they, it's like they're there, and you like they have the Nuggets have the better team, but they don't have they're not as coached as well. Yeah, I agree. And so oh. I think the Spurs are going to win. And I want you to hear your last thoughts, and then I think we need to move on. Right. Fun fact, because you said who's Derek White and where did he come from. He came from the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. And I'm suing you. I, this is this is this is outrageous. I also just want to touch on the fact <laughs> of how you were talking, how um, Demar Rosen fits that system well. Um, I think excluding the fact of how they went among that trade, and did him dirty like that. To be 100 percent honest with you. I think the Spurs system is the best system he could have gotten thrown into because he's a good scorer, but as we saw in Toronto, he can't be that the guy. Scorer. 
he need like he needs to have a very good, well-rounded team around him. And Coach Popovich is very good with that, and he fits well because he's averaging twenty-two, four, and five, and they're winning games. You know, they're not going to be that dominant Spurs team that we saw with Tony Parker and Tim Duncan and all them. And they're not oh. going to go and you know lose fifteen games a season. They're going to, you know, probably be plus ten. The Spurs the are the place role players are born in. I agree. Boban, Kyle Anderson, Bellinelli, Danny Green, Boris Dia, yeah. David West. No, I agree. All these guys came from San Antonio's system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just my two cents I wanted to throw in, though. I'm I'm happy to see DeMar DeRozan in the system that benefits him tremendously because I like him. But we'll move on to the next series. I want and to the Clippers, uh, Golden State. You want to go to the Clippers and Golden State series yeah, first? because I think we can get a little update on Rockets versus Jazz. I'm not going to look at it yet. I don't want you to look at it yet. I want to. Let's just go Clippers versus Golden State right now. And the first thing right, I want to say. Away. First thing I want to say is Boogie is out for the season. Yay. Does this hurt or help the Warriors? I'm sure it hurt Boogie. Oh. <laughs> nah, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, I like that. <laughs> I don't like the Demarcus Cousins. I used to like I, him when he was on the Pelicans, but I don't like the way he I, left. I didn't mind him then either. And you know, we try to keep this show clean, but I'm gonna just go out and flat out say it. I think Demarcus Cousins is an even bigger bitch than Kevin Durant is. So yeah, who goes to a team like that? Like that just shows that he doesn't want to compete. I don't. He signs for five million dollars just so he can get a ring. I don't and he's believe, not even going to play. I don't believe that he um didn't have any other contract offers. No, he did. The Lakers offered him like twenty five million a year, and he said no. Uh, and then he went and signed five million. I heard he had no other offers. No, he just didn't have any that he liked. No. Because everybody was like, well, you're clearly you're injury prone and you're coming off of a torn Achilles. Okay. Okay. But that's, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't like Boogie Cousins, and he's a loser. Okay. So, so back to you. Back to me. We're going to talk about the greatest comeback of all time in a singular game, and that is the Clippers' 31-point comeback. Because of the best six man of all time. Mr. Lou Williams, 36 points in that game for him. He really is a marvel to watch. I don't think he should if he I don't think he should win six man of the year this year. Because no. they're on he shouldn't be coming off the bench on this team. No, he shouldn't be. Then that's, it's like he's only doing it because he wants to win it, so I don't think he, he should embrace, win it. He embraces that role though. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, but um He's great at it. I don't think he should be getting it this season. Who else would you give it to? I know who I want to get it, but I don't remember who I want to get it because I wasn't looking at it this shit like this minute, and now it's getting exactly. That's because it's again. It, it's they should just rename it the Lou Will Award. It honestly might. I feel like by the time he retires, if he wins like two or three more, it might. He's winning it this year, hands down. But um, so in the season, in the series, he had twenty twenty two points, seven assists, three rebounds, which is obviously better than his regular season. Then his running mate Montrezl Harrell. Who is I'm think I think he might Blowing be having up. a Pascal Siakam esque season next season. I'd watch him very closely. I've liked him a lot as a role player since the Rockets, and now he's looking like he could easily be greater than that. And he's averaging nineteen point yeah. six rebounds, three assists. 
which is a lot better than the regular yeah. season. Well, the Curry's up. I just called the Warriors the Curry. <laughs> I mean, can you? I, I, you can. The Golden State Curry's, their big two is not stepping up at all right now. They're playing average. Mm. They're playing their, themselves. They're not playing bad. They're, they're not playing average. bad, but they're playing themselves. They're, yeah. And so I want to go with, That's, are the Warriors still the team to beat? Yeah, they are. Um, I think they've that. That's their downside is they've settled in, and they're like, well, we have all these great players. Who cares that we're only up three to one? Like, we're gonna end up winning. Why should I have to go out there and drop forty points? I and like that take. I I do too because I think that is it. And you know, to take one step further, this is the last year you're gonna see that Warriors team be that Warriors team. I, Kevin Durant's leaving, and so is Clay Thompson. And you're going to be stuck with a very good Steph Curry and a bum ass Draymond Green. Clay's not leaving. Yeah, he he's is. not a free agent. Yeah, he is. No, it's next season. No, Clay Thompson's a free agent. No, it's 2020. I'm 100 percent sure, unless he has an option. Um, I'm almost 100. percent But I'll, are you looking it yep, up? You keep talking. Okay, I'll keep talking. So, besides that fact, I I just think they've they've gotten way too comfortable they're not that sparky team that you saw even You're last right. year i know i am <laughs> screw you <laughs> but no he's leaving i honestly think he's going to la and i don't necessarily know if kevin Durant's going to new york but i know he's not staying um i think he just wanted his one ring and he's tired of people complaining about him and i think he's like all right i'm gonna go run my own team um but, no, they've just gotten too comfortable, and I think that's why there's a very good chance that they could be dethroned this year because they're, they – like, this is a very, very, very good Clippers team despite the fact of them not having a star. I think this season has established an, Doc Rivers as one of the better coaches of all time. Yeah, it's – and everybody, you know, buys – it's like the Pacers. They're the Pacers of the West. It's an everybody buys in. Yeah. Let's go. See, and I give them oh, props for that comeback, but I don't think I don't think they have they don't have enough to beat the Warriors. No, they don't. But I think this is the end of the Warriors, and I think the Warriors are. There's a very good chance they may not win the finals. So I want to go back to Doc Rivers real quick because he's always had a team to where around him where it's like, yeah, he should be winning all these games. It's like he's probably a decent coach. But this mm-hmm. season, I think, has established him as one of the better coaches in the league because this team was not supposed to do this. No, they the weren't. They were supposed were supposed, to the Pacers were supposed pick. to win the playoffs. Or not win the playoffs, but they were to get to the playoffs. They were a playoff team. This team was nothing. This team was expected to be in the top five. Yeah, they were going to get a high draft pick. And, and they were now they're the eighth player. seed, and they stole a game from the Warriors and was, was one of the most embarrassing games of all time. Yeah, arguably, well, even though I hate them, this Golden State Warriors team, when they're all 100% healthy, is the best on-paper roster ever assembled. Yeah. Starting five-wise. So, to take that from them, that that's really impressive. There's not much more to say. I, so, yeah, I think we can move on then. Yeah, we'll go to the Rockets and Jazz, which I'll tell you right now. Give me a drum roll. Give me a drum roll. I already got it pulled up. I'll give you a drum roll. 
Oh, wait. Yo, yo, there's only a minute left. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to not tell you guys the score. We're just, just kidding. 93-94 Rockets. Minute and 18 seconds left. I'm going to um, go pull it We'll on. run this I'm gonna on go pull it until on. the game is done. I'm going to go put it on real quick, actually. So, <laughs> I, you know, as we're talking live about reaction, this, Live reaction. Yeah. Live on the left. fly. If this goes yeah. to OT, we're going to have an issue. Yeah. We'll have to cut. Because – I will cut. Um, unless the Jazz win. If the Jazz win, that'll be it. I hope that they win. I'm honestly surprised that the Rockets are up three one. I was I'm, I was expecting this series to go four three. I was expecting six. I I don't think the Rockets are that good. I don't like James Harden, but we can talk about that in a second. Yeah. The only way I buy into the Rockets being a great team is if James Harden accepts the fact of. Yes, it's his team, but you need to involve your players. You have a very good young center that re-signed because he wants to try and win. Eric Gordon's very good. I mean, he was averaging like 17 points per game last year. Uh, he's not uh, – He's. I would borderline say non-existent now. And Mitchell Paul, just got a shooting foul, I think. Yeah, he does. I don't know what happened to Chris Paul. Mitchell's – oh, wait, never mind. What? P.J. Tucker got a really bogus foul. Rockets are up by two. Oh, I didn't update. I have it on my TV. Yeah. But, well, as this game's going on, because we're not just going to sit here and wait for you to narrate it. I mean, we can we can cut. Want to cut? I want to cut. I don't want to cut. I know. But we're keeping this live and raw. Okay, you talk. I'm going to watch still, though. Okay. Um... If you hear me freak out, it's because the Jazz did something. Okay. <laughs> well, well, let's just talk about some stats right now while we're waiting for this last minute to turn into seven minutes. Um, oh, my James Harden. God. Oh, my hey. God. What? I'm pissed. I am pissed. Hmm. James Harden's a soccer player. I'm turning this off. I'm turning this garbage off. We can talk. The Rockets won. James Harden's a little... I, I, I'm not going to swear, though. Oh, my God. I'm – oh, my God. I'm so mad. He barely got touched and just flung himself like three feet across the floor. Yeah, they're going to have to put rules in for him just like they did the flop rule for LeBron. James because Harden. he does this beautiful little thing okay. where he flips the ball to his other hand while he's getting fouled and shoots it. No, he didn't do that. And no, he got like a rebound and just flung himself to the ground. Oh. I was getting to that. But no, okay, gentlemen sweep, Rockets. Um, yeah, Harden's getting 28 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals. He's equaling the regular season. I'm saying equal. He's getting his other around stats are better, but his points went down, so I'm going to say it's equal. Chris Paul's playing okay. a lot better, getting 18, 5, 5, 3 steals. And then Mitchell and Rubio are playing roughly the same. As their regular season with Rudy Gobert playing a lot worse than his regular season stats. Yes, he is. I ran through that really fast because now I'm really uh, I'm disappointed now. So I'm gonna let you talk. I'm, I'll I'll jump in. I'm disappointed <laughs> now. I'm depressed. Well, <laughs> I'll I'll update you guys. The Jazz are down ninety three ninety eight with thirty eight seconds left in the game. I'm turn as it we back speak. On. Um, I was hoping that the Jazz would have you know, gave the Rockets a run for their money. But there's just not – they have a decent team. 
Um, it all boils down to me just giving major props to Donovan Mitchell because he's turned that team around. Everybody was like, well, there goes the Jazz when Gordon Hayward left. But you know what? Let, let's pause on that because we already touched on everything else while we wait for this game to end. Just imagine if the Utah Jazz starting lineup was Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Gordon Hayward, Joe Ingles, and is this injured Gordon Hayward or pre-injured Gordon Hayward? I will say pre-injured Gordon Hayward because there's a good chance he wouldn't have gotten injured if he was still in, on the Jets. That's true. So, or even if you want to have Joe Ingles as your sixth man and you rock Derek Favors at your power forward like they are now, dancing Joe. Gobert. Or wait, now it's jangling Joe. Yeah. Okay. That that's a a pretty solid team right there. Honestly, now though, Donovan Mitchell also wouldn't be the Donovan Mitchell we know today because Gordon Hayward would still be their number one, you know, go to scorer. Well, but that, that's Donovan's a pretty playing. solid team. Oh, Donovan! Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have never had. They wouldn't have ever given him the ropes, and we wouldn't have been able to see him emerge. Donovan just bricked a three. That's not good. It's over. But um, yeah. while we're waiting for this to officially finish, I want to touch a little bit on some baseball. Because you know who the ladies yell for. Who do the ladies yell for, Dylan? Christian Yelich. That is in fact true. Getting my, my mood up a little bit because I love Christian Yelich. He is having one of the best starts in MLB history. Hitting a quick 350 with 13 home runs over the first month. He is one home run behind Albert Pujols with 14 for the most ever in the first month. And Yelish, who's coming off of an MVP season, is looking like he could repeat again. And the Brewers are looking very scary right now, which is something I never thought I would say. You know, I'll give you this, too. Here's a a fun fact to add on to his I like fun facts. His fly ball rate. Increased from last year, which was at twelve percent. Did he win the gold glove last year? I feel like he did. I don't remember that. that. I don't know. Okay, well, he we'll increased we'll it from twelve percent to the fly ball rate last year to a twenty-four percent fly ball rate. Well, that's last year early. there was it's a lot of ground early. balls. Oh, okay, yeah, but, but um, I think he's going to drop off a little bit, but he's going to stay right around. Okay, Houston's over there one, but um, also I want to touch on my other really favorite player of mine. You see my favorite player when he's on the Red Sox. He's not anymore, so he's not as high, but Mr. Travis Shaw, the mayor of Ding Dong City. Great player. But, um, okay, let's move a little bit back into the Rockets and we can finish this up. Do you have bums? Do you have anything else to say except James Harden's a punk ass? And I hate him. No. Okay, well, guys, this has been the first round playoff update. We'll update you in around a week. We're, gonna, we're getting on this. We're getting on the grind. We're going to update you, and we'll tell you how the Nuggets and how the Warriors ended up, and we'll start on the next rounds, get some other, get some other interesting stories in. But this has been yeah. Ethan and Dylan on the Full Court Press. We'll see you next time. Have a good night, guys.